There were two more murders 15 miles away. Arrived, they found the telephone we have and electricity lines weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Murder. There is a common phrase when you look at what causes men and women to kill to blame the mother. But on October 12, 1946, a boy was born into a family that, after you, after you hear about the bizarre story of his crimes, you will undoubtedly change the phrase to blame his father. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Ion Romaru was born on October 12, 1946, in Romania. Ion was the eldest of her three sons and spent a portion of his life watching daily as his father, Floria, beat his mother. The pair eventually separated, but his parents were just the beginning of Ion's troubled childhood. The boy, who always received high marks in conduct, had to repeat ninth grade and later a few years in college. During his teen years, he incited a public scandal when he was caught having sex with the daughter of one of his teachers. The girl was a minor. When he was 18, he was convicted of aggravated assault. Despite his rough beginnings, he entered the Faculty of Veterinarian Medicine in 1966, where his professors described him as shy, semi-literate, poor vocabulary, and extremely narrow set of interests. He exhibited strange behaviors that left him with little social interaction. His own roommates avoided him. He had an uncontrollable libido from a young age and could often be found prowling around school looking for a girl instead of sleeping. In 1967, he was diagnosed with esophageal spasm, reactive nervous syndrome, and mental issues. But mostly he was just seen as a troubled boy. That was until from April 1970 to May of 1971, when he began terrorizing the city of Bucharest in Romania. Beginning with the premeditated murder of Elena Apria, Eon would often attack restaurant waitresses who were walking alone with a hammer, small axe, iron bar, or a knife. He would always strike after midnight when the unusual weather like snowstorms, driving rain, freezing, or fog were present. He became known as the Vampire of Bucharest. His crimes, however, were not limited to beatings or stabbings. He was known for cutting off the clothes of his victims, biting into their flesh, dragging and hacking at the women before raping their unconscious bodies. He poked holes in the flesh and sucked out the blood, as well as bite the women's vaginas and breasts and often take pieces home with him. Hence, the vampire aspect of his moniker. Many of his victims were able to escape before being murdered, but four were not so lucky. After the brutal murder and mutilation of Georgita Papa, authorities launched Operation Vulture in an effort to catch the monster terrorizing the streets. 6,000 men began patrolling the streets each night, 2,565 arrests were made, and over 8,000 people were asked to identify themselves. But Eon avoided capture just long enough to make several attempts and commit one successful murder before being captured. In May of 1971, Eon murdered Mihaela Ursu. When police investigated the scene of the crime, they found something interesting beneath her body. It was a medical diagnosis sheet which showed that a group of six doctors diagnosed someone with periodic epilepsy on March 4, 1971. And, while the sheet didn't contain a patient's name, blood had made it difficult to read, it did contain the letterhead from the Bucharest Students' Hospital. 
Mahela, before dying, grabbed a handful of Eon's hair and still had strands between her fingers. This was the first viable lead the police had. On May 15th, specialists were able to determine which doctor produced the note, and, upon being questioned, he was able to determine that out of the 83 students seen that month, 15 had not turned in their diagnosis form to the university. Ian Romaru was one of the 15. Police began monitoring those 15 students, and, on May 27th, three officers entered his dorm to find it empty. He returned while the men were searching his room. With him, he carried a sack that contained an axe and a knife. This was enough to test his hair and compare his bite to the marks left on his victims, as well as bring in the witnesses from his previous crimes. All of the evidence pointed undoubtedly to Eon Romaru. An officer pretending to be a fellow criminal was able to get Eon talking, and he admitted to all the attacks. Two months of interrogations later, he admitted to a total of 23 serious crimes, including four murders, six attempted murders, five rapes, one attempted rape, and seven thefts. He knew he was guilty, though, according to Eon, he could not be held responsible on the grounds of insanity. Later, some even theorized that he suffered from a form of criminal lycanthropy due to his nocturnal prowling, animalistic energy, mutilations, and effect from the weather. Despite this, he was found guilty and sentenced to death. He was dragged, fighting the entire way, and executed by firing squad on October 23, 1971. Before the guns were fired, he yelled, Call my father so he can see what is happening to me. Make him come. He is the only guilty one. So, where does the father come in? Well, it soon came out that Floria Romaro knew about his son's crimes and may have even egged his son on. He was even washing his son's bloody clothing after the attacks. He was arrested three times for the role he played in the attacks, but police never had enough evidence to charge him. In the summer of 1944, years before Eon's reign of terror, four murders took place in Bucharest. All of the victims were females who were living in basement apartments. The murderer would enter during a storm and beat them in the head with a blunt object. A year to the day after Ion Romaru's execution, his father was mysteriously killed after falling out of a moving train. His height and shoe size matched evidence left at the 1944 crime scene, and, after fingerprinting, it was discovered that Floria Romaru was the serial killer. Not only do he and his son share a victim count, but their first victim also shared the same first name. This has left some to theorize there is a gene that predispositioned these men to commit violent crimes and that it was passed down from father to son. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 13th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, 
Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day.